You're listening to Wanderlust Diaries, the ultimate travel podcast for solo female travellers 40 and beyond who are ready to explore the world. Join me, Terry Reynolds, where we talk all things travel and why it's so important and what's stopping you from getting out there and exploring the world. We'll discuss the steps you can take now to fix it, empowering you to ignite your curiosity and set your heart free so that you have the confidence to travel wherever you want, whenever you want. Offering insights, tips, hacks and remarkable women's stories along the way. So come on, grab your passport, pack your sense of adventure and get ready to be inspired. Whether you're a first time solo traveller or a seasoned globetrotter, Wanderlust Diaries is your community of like minded souls, uplifting and supporting women over 40 who dare to explore. Welcome to Wanderlust Diaries, the podcast where we celebrate all things female solo travel. I'm your host, Terry Reynolds, and in this episode, we'll talk about why solo travel is so important and how you can become a solo traveller too. No matter what your age or experience, my mission is to simplify, demystify, and take the fear out of solo travel for all women. And today, I'm absolutely thrilled to have a guest I've known a while now. We met while studying the same travel coaching program where we realized we had a lot in common. More of that later. So please welcome Gina Cambridge. Now, Gina is a travel coach. She's a travel experience host facilitator and the founder of Wanderlust Solo Women Tours. After her own transformational travel journey later in life, Gina realized how impactful travel was in empowering her to build confidence and create amazing friendships. She's run 24 retreats and has shared amazing travel dreams with over 123 women. Gina provides fun, authentic and genuine travel experiences for women and one-to-one personal travel coaching to set you on a path to help you make your dream transformational journey a reality. And I love um, on your logo and it says, um, travel like a local, not a tourist. (laughs) So Gina, it's great to have you here. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm looking forward to our chat, but would you like to explain a little bit about yourself before we get into it? Kia ora and thank you for having me Terry. I'm really happy to be here and be one of the first ones on your awesome new podcast, helping lots of women to get out there and and explore. So I'm um, born and bred in New Zealand, Um, so that's where I'm coming from today or tonight and um, it's a beautiful country if anyone's been here. I started my travels quite later in life. Uh, In New Zealand we call um, when everyone is in, you know, their twenties, they have a go on their overseas or OE experience. I didn't do mine until my twenty thirty uh, ninth birthday, so I'm a late bloomer. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's been an amazing experience. And um, other than travel, I'm a fur baby mama. I love my dogs and I love um, a bit of DIY so you quite often see me with a hammer and um, doing all bits of pieces around the house but yeah travel is my passion and sharing it with women and connecting with people like Terry here is um, yeah definitely a bonus in the travel area that we're both in. Love that yeah thanks so you're a bit of a DIYer as well. (laughs) Yeah (laughs) We have to be. I think when we're, if we, if when we become single, 
we have to learn certain things, don't we? <laughs> yes, yes. You've got to be self-reliant. Yes, you're absolutely right. So you're caught, you're coming in on the call from New Zealand. And of course, the time difference, I'm in early morning and now you're going into um, late evening now. But thank you. Thank you so much for joining. So, right, let's get into it then. So I suppose what I'd like to start off with is um, your why. Yeah. So what initially sparked your interest in solo travel and how did you decide to take the plunge? Yeah, so I, I just touched on it in the intro, you know, I didn't start, you know, till later in life. So I literally was uh, 39 when I embarked on a um, backpacking adventure. I had had been on, you know, holidays and stuff. And ironically, my first big solo trip was um, just before my 39th. It was when I was going through a bit of a um, we hadn't quite broken up, but things went quite well. And I went to clear my head, I suppose. And I did a trip to Egypt. I went into the travel agent to book one thing and ended up on a trip to Egypt and joined a group tour. Went all the way there by myself, never done anything like that before. And it was transformational. It really, really was. And came home and I thought I, you know, I was going to dedicate you know get really stuck back into this relationship and then he said no it's ended again so it sort of spun me on my my head a bit and um it took a few years but I I regrouped and that's when I I literally bought a one-way ticket to Europe um and yeah went backpacking for the next eight months and I had my 40th birthday in Paris under the Eiffel Tower with a bunch of strangers um and I did things like wolfing and work away and had amazing experiences, which we'll touch on later in the in the podcast. But what it did is it, my self-esteem was really low at the time. And what it did, it opened my eyes up to the world. And there were people that were willing to um, just welcome me. And I hadn't had that in such a long time. And I felt for the first time in a very long time, like I belonged somewhere. Even though I was in no one set place, I felt a sense of belonging and confidence. So coming home, it wasn't straight away, but after the you know the following years I made it, you know, I'm definitely going to travel every year. You know, this is going to be my thing. And I did do that. And when I travel, I like slow travel. So I go for, you know, four to five weeks at a time. And then I started to think, well, I really love this and, I, and it's obviously a passion of mine. How can I turn this into something that's more than just something I do, but something I can share and maybe make a living of? And that's where Wanderlust Solo Women Tours first okay. sort of... Well, we'll touch on that a little bit more later, if yeah. you like. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about that because I, I do have questions around that. So we'll talk more about that. So I love that. And, you know, you say you're 39 when you did it. I was the same age. This is why, yeah. you know, we said earlier about we've got so many things in common. I was 39 when I did it. I'd gone off to Greece the year before with a friend. And I was going to go back to Greece the following year um, to do work, go there as a worker, take a year out from work. And... Um, Somebody in work came up to me and said, oh, I understand you're going to do this, but what about around the world ticket? You know, so I did, I went from going, possibly going back to Greece for six months 
to then going around the world for a year. At 39, I mean, I just couldn't, you know? Yeah, and I had my 40th while I was in Melbourne. In Australia, yeah, yeah. So I was working there um, in one of the hotels on uh, in in St Kilda, um, the SP. So I was working there. So we did something very similar, you know. I mean, I hadn't even gone like as a youngster on girly holidays. Is that something that you've done? No, not at all. Like um, I was in steady relationships from a very young age, and. (laughs) It wasn't really something that I did, and and it also wasn't something I spent time on myself in that sense. You know, like I hadn't. I just worked. I worked and worked and worked. Um, you know, I bought a house young, and and it all of a sudden you start changing your perspective and your priorities become different. So that was really, you know, the catalyst. It's like. I had a really epiphany, you know, I've been working and where have I got, you know, now my relationship's gone. I, you know, I had to buy my partner out of my house and all this other stuff happened. And, you know, I just realized there's actually a lot more out there. Yes, no, exactly. And that was the same reason for me as well. Uh, Relationship had broken down, marriage had broken down. um, And I knew that I had to do something different. You know, I was in a bit of a routine of, Eat, work, sleep, repeat. And I thought there's got to be, you know, my daughter was 19 by this time, so I had no little children. um, And I just thought I need to do something. I really wanted to, I don't know if you felt this as well, I really wanted to take myself out of my comfort zone, do something totally scary, you know, because I was so comfortable, so comfortable, it was driving me a bit crazy. Um, but that's how I felt. Were you a bit similar? Yeah, a hundred percent. Like I went. Um, luckily, I've got a dual passport, so I've got a British passport. So I went and um, um, applied for a living care position in the UK. Um, fab. Talk about put me out of my comfort zone. I'd never even changed a baby's nappy, and I all of a sudden found myself looking after a lady with MS. Uh, severe MS. Um, it was a huge learning curve. Um, and wow. The the thing with me, I think, and I was thinking about this the other day. I didn't have a lot of money, and because I didn't have a lot of money to to take this journey, I had to think of inventive ways to make it happen. And one of yeah. the inventive ways was to be a living carer because I was able to have my, you know, I had a roof over my head and I got a wage, but also, you know, doing things like woofing and work away. So, you know, I had to be quite inventive, but what I thought, it actually gave me quite a more in-depth experience. I think now looking back, if I'd had disposable income, there's no way I would have had the same experience. I think you're right there. I had to save for, because I was going, I knew I was going away for a year. I had to save a lot of money to take with me. Um, and back in those days, there wasn't, we didn't have mobile phones or the internet, you know, um, banking online wasn't really a thing. I had to take a load of traveler's checks with me or that type of thing. So I had to be very careful, you know, as I, um, as I traveled, but also 
um, I was lucky enough to find work as well, you know, working in the hostels, especially in um, Australia and when I got to the States. Um, so, yes, yeah, so you have to, that's it. When you haven't got disposable income, you have to find a way, don't you, to um, to, to, to survive, really, um, and to keep yourself um, afloat. So, yeah, I, I love those stories. Well, we'll get a bit more into that um, in, 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 in a little while. Okay, so we found out what your why was and why you decided to take the plunge. Can you share some of the most significant personal growth experiences you've had as a solo traveller? I suppose the biggest one, 100%, is being self-confidence. Um, yes. I would call myself an introvert extrovert. <laughs> um, I come from a very small town. Like when I say small town, like seven thousand people. Never use mm -hmm. public transport, um, and to go and then you've got to become self reliant, and you've got to force yourself to talk to people because sometimes you've got to ask for directions, and you you need to. Otherwise, you're going to be very isolated. So um, this you end up coming out of your shell, I suppose, <clears throat> in that sense. So I I found this whole new personality while I was traveling, and, and that even sticks today. You know, I'm 100%, without a doubt, a different person when I travel. Or I shouldn't say a different person, a different version of myself. Yes. And I would and agree I like with that. that person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Isn't it? I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of um, fascinating, really, how how that happens. Yeah, because, you know, I would say I'm a, when I'm solo traveling, what I love about it is the fact that you can be on your own. That's the introvert in me. I'm quite happy just to be on my own. Or you can seek people out and your personality comes out. And I find that absolutely, you have to. Otherwise, you would go traveling without possibly speaking to anybody if you go traveling alone. So you have to learn. It's a learned skill, though, isn't it? You know, you don't suddenly go off and say, right, I'm going to become this person. No, it's it's definitely um, a learned skill. And what I have found is I have been less alone when I've solo traveled than I'm now with my partner. And I love we love traveling together and I still travel solo as well. But I 100% meet less people when I'm with him, which is really interesting. I think you're sometimes people think, oh, you're with someone, so they're okay. They don't really, they're in their own little bubble they don't need talking to. So when you are by yourself, you, you, have, you do have a totally different experience and, and you tend to engage a lot more with people, which, which I, I love. Absolutely agree with that. You, that is that exactly is the way that it is. Um, and I find that when I go away with somebody, my cousin or a friend, um, that is the case. You know, you don't. Uh, well, as I will go and speak to people. So it's no big deal to me because I'm used to doing that. But those who are not, especially people who are married, you know, women who are married um, and they've always gone with their partners. So they've always been in a couple. Um, they're not so much as outgoing in that way, I would say. So I agree, you know, that you do absolutely go and speak to others. You just, I just gravitate. Yeah. And they others. gravitate to you. It's a, it's a mutual thing. 
No, you're absolutely right. And I and that's what I love about it. And this is what I was saying earlier. You know, when you want to, an, to be alone, you know, and you just le- literally need some space to be by yourself, you can. But when most of the time, the majority of the time, that's not the case, but sometimes you do. Um, and then it's it's fun. I love it. You know, I just love, it's like, you know, polar opposites, isn't it? I just, and I love that. Um, love, that. so yeah. Totally agree with everything you've just said. Um, okay, then. So moving on from that, how do you then choose your solo travel destinations? And I mean, what factors do you consider when planning yeah. your yeah, trip? Oh, sorry. Yeah, everything no. comes from personal experience. So um, I will never uh, promote or share anything I haven't either gone and done or experienced myself first um so that's the first thing you know i i've either been to the destination or i've done the activity or whatever and i thought oh this will be amazing i'd love to share this so it's definitely come from a personal space um and then i also feel by doing that more confident being able to share that with others because i'm able to answer questions and provide help and logistics and and the planning stages of it because if I haven't been, how how can I explain to others how it is? So yeah. um, New Zealand, obviously, because I, I live here, <laughs> so mm-hmm. I know it very well. Um, Bali, my, my initial visits to Bali came about because I had a girlfriend I met traveling. She's an American, but I actually met her when we were both backpacking and we stayed in the same hostel in um, Thailand. And... Um, again, we we bonded over uh, disastrous relationships. <laughs> um, at the time, she was teaching English in Spain. And um, then she ended up coming to New Zealand and she was traveling around Southeast Asia and she ended up basing herself in Bali and she <clears throat> married a local. So that's how my experience in Bali came about is because I'd go and stay with them. So I felt um, I sort of got beyond the tourist side of Bali a little bit because I think you, if you just go to the certain tourist areas, you sort mm-hmm. of, especially for me, I, I tend to steer clear of those sort of places, you know, with the real built-up tourist places. <clears throat> so I was able to, you know, get a little bit beyond that. So that's why Bali was. Um, and that's why I left what you said, yeah. you know, about um go uh, uh, act like a local, go there yeah. and be a local and not a tourist because that totally resonated with me because I want to be like a local. <laughs> I, want to, I want to go to the places they eat, the places they visit, all of those things because you know that those places are going to be really, really good. Um, and you just do want to get away from the hustle and bustle of touristy areas. I mean, it's nice to go and visit now and again and, and yeah. walk through those areas. And most people, you know, they do want to see, you know, they've, they've seen all the images and Instagram and whatever. And, of course, you know, we, there are opportunities to do that. But it's great to, I think I'm, I'm very into conscious travel and having a deeper experience. So it's also educating travellers because, the, um, you know, just around sustainability and the products you use and the businesses you support, make, making sure they're locally owned. Um, that they're ethical, all those little things. You know, sometimes 
when people are looking at a holiday, um, they just get a package, which is fine. But there's mm. also a deeper level, and it's just connecting with those other levels of travel, I suppose. I really love, um, yeah, experiencing and sharing that. Yeah, no, you're right. And it's about, um, like you said, about sustainability and about um, uh, buying local, you know, so that you're, yeah, so that you're, you're, you're there. And while you're there, you are helping helping them out and while you're helping them out you're learning all about um the locality and what goes on there no matter what it is you know if you're somewhere you know near a paddy field or whatever um and um you can learn all about that so yeah um i, I absolutely um agree with all of that and even now you know i've gone on package holidays with friends and that and i've done it because i've just done it um but it's never ever the same is it as actually going and um acting like a local not going to the touristy areas and traveling around and not just going to the one place there is a massive difference um between those two and there's different a, there's types a time, of time for both you know sometimes we only have a week off work we literally yes. just want to unwind and sit by the pool there's nothing wrong with those package experiences for that Absolutely. but if you're in a position where you can have a little bit more time off if, if you can and travel a little bit more deeper, you know, you have, you can have those tools to have different experiences. No, you're right. And, you know, some people, this is why I want to, you know, empower women to be able to go solo traveling because um, it's sometimes as well, the package holidays could be the easy option. So it's just easy, isn't it? to just go online, pick something, everything's done for you. But the, you know, the thing about solo traveling or even just traveling um, outside of that is it's about the excitement of, you know, booking, booking everything outside of that, you know, and going to and looking at researching where you want to go, where you'd like to go. All right. So on a package holiday, you know, you're going to go there. You know, you're going to do this. And like you said, if you've only got seven days. Absolutely fantastic. Go for it. Nothing wrong with them at all. Um, but if you have got that little bit of a spark in you that would like to, you know, go off the beaten track a little bit, even just stay outside of the, the touristy area, you know, so you've still got that safe haven. If you want to go down there, you can. Um, that That's the excitement for me. It's the research, you know, finding out, oh, so that's there. But look at this over here as well. You know, this is something that um, you, you may not have even known about if you just got taken that package holiday. Yeah, and I think you have to be, have a certain sense of openness. Um, and mm. I don't want to call it naivety, but women are great at trust, trusting their instinct and their gut. Um, and I think that's really important as a solo female traveller. But you've got to be open to having conversations with people because I, I know very early on in my solo travels, I was very quick to shut people down if I felt like they were harassing me or started talking to me I was like oh what do they want they're trying to sell me something and you know but there can be very interesting and amazing opportunities from actually starting a conversation with someone um, and then by talking to locals you get to find out you know that cute little coffee shop or that back alley you know antique shop or the hidden walking trail that connects to some amazing temple or some, something like that that you wouldn't have known otherwise no no absolutely so yeah you've got a few elements of travel um and some of them 
Uh, well, they're all great. As if you can go and travel, no matter how, you just travel anyway. But yeah, just knowing about those little, and like you say about the conversations, having the, those conversations, because I know when I first got to um, India, that was my first protocol when I was traveling. So far out of my comfort zone, as you can imagine. I mean, I fell in love with the place by the time I'd, you know, been there for a few weeks but the first few days and the first week or so I was and people were you know they were coming up and talking talking to us um because I did start off with somebody I worked with just for a couple of weeks um and um it was like right what so what are you trying to sell me then what do you want from me um but yeah like you said you have to go a little bit deeper just have those conversations yeah and don't be don't be terrified by it because I think I, when I first got to it I think it was a bit you know rabbit in headlights um and I you know soon calmed down and it was um and it was a lovely experience I just want to because I think this segues nicely into I'm talking about destinations now or you're talking about destinations I should say um I remember asking you a question um about three countries um or places um that you'd visited that really surprised you now um the first one on your list was jordan so tell us a little bit about jordan what surprised you there so i was actually there this time last year keeps popping up in my photo memories so um, yeah we did egypt and jordan together and i'd been to like i mentioned earlier been to egypt before um and i'd wanted to go to jordan obviously to see petra that's why everyone goes to jordan to see petra we can't go all this way and not see it this time but what i was really surprised about is you know we had quite a bit of time in amman which is the capital city how cosmopolitan it was it was very arty with lots of street art and music and like cute little alleyways with cafes and and um yet yeah, you know like right in the middle of the city is a big roman coliseum and you know an um, amphitheater and it's just quite a diverse city um but the whole country because you know you hear of like like i said petra and wadi rum but, you know, there's little Petra and there's, I'm very bad at names, but all these other amazing places and I love history. And I found it absolutely fascinating and it was super safe. Um, mm. Didn't even, I was traveling with my partner, but uh, at no time did I feel unsafe. And that goes for Egypt as well. You could be out, like, and that's the other wonderful thing about both, both countries. Everyone comes out at night time. When I say everyone, you know, families. So it's 11 o'clock at night and the streets are just bustling with families and the parks are all full with kids playing and and it's so family orientated, um, which I really, really love. So that, that's one that. thing that's, yeah, I absolutely loved about Jordan. Yeah. I noticed that when I was in India that um, they all seem to, a lot of them seem to come out at night as well, which yeah. I thought was, we're not, so we're so not used to that. Absolutely, yeah. So it was like, what are they all coming out for? What's going on? Is there a festival? Is something going on? And it wasn't. It was just normal for them, you know, and I yeah. love that. Um, so what kind of research did you do then to before you, you got to Jordan? Yeah, so obviously going from, like, travelling 
anywhere from New Zealand, like we're thousands of miles away from everywhere. So um, the first thing I always do with all my travel planning is I search flights. So I don't book my flights through Skyscanner, but I use Skyscanner for a lot of searching and I try and get creative. So a lot of trips start there. And also, um, I like I did originally for Egypt, I joined, well, we joined a group tour because to me, like, Jordan's vast, just like Egypt, you know, and you're covering, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kilometres. Um, and if you're not familiar with the language and you're not familiar with, with the culture or getting around, going on a group tour, even though you're travelling solo, is a great way to um, just find out about a country and get familiar with it. You can all, like, both trips we added extra time on at the end so we could just do our own thing. But um, by the time we'd done done the group tour, and also you go to all these monuments and temples and things, and if you're not with a guide, they're just a bunch of rocks quite often, and you, you don't, you know, you're looking at a big round rock with a hole in it, you go, that's a big round rock with a hole in it. <laughs> But if you've got your guide there, they say, well, this was, you know, this, that, and everything else fabulous. Um, so it is really beneficial um, to to understand what you're actually looking at, you know. And I, I like the small group tours, if you're going to do them. There's some fabulous ones out there. So that's, again, so that's what we did in Jordan, did a group tour, was fabulous, amazing group of people, and then we added on free time at the end just to, by then we were quite comfortable. It's really good also to get used to the currency. People get quite, uh, and it, I know it causes a lot of anxiety for travellers when they're using currency they're not familiar with, um, conversions and everything like that, and then they worry they're going to get ripped off. So it gives you that time too to sort of come to terms with currency and what things are, you know, worth and scams that you should be aware of and things like that. So it's given you a bit of confidence doing it that way as well. And, yeah. and like you say, you could waste a lot of time trying to get here and then you realise the next place you want to go to is like 100 miles away, maybe over there. Um, but if you've got that group tour element, that takes all that pain away from it, saves you a lot of time. Um, and you get the knowledge, you get the knowledge from it. So thanks for that. Now, the next one on your list is Cuba. Now, you say that's super safe as well. Now, ironically, ironically, just a day or two ago, I, um, I've i now got the rough guide to Cuba. <laughs> I saw it. I wanted it. I've not been. I've not booked anything. I just know I want to go. And when I saw the book, I thought, I'm just going to have it. <laughs> so tell Come me everything. Yeah. I know, yes, yes. Yeah, and you're going to need that book. So travel in Cuba is like traveling, I've got to be right now, traveling 30 years ago. Um, mm. You do need a hard copy of Lonely Planet, Rough Guide, you do need it because you can, it, and it's so great to actually disconnect from technology. Um, it's unlike any country I'd travel to so there's no obviously because it's a communist or socialist country um there is no advertising um there is uh internet but it's just complicated everything there's complicated but it's just complicated 
So you can go mm-hmm. on it, but it's not that easy. Um, you can't just go online and book your next hotel or book your bus ticket. You've literally got to either ring or physically go down there. <laughs> so when I arrived, I, I arrived. It's so old um, school though, Dina. So old school because that's what I had to is. do. I had to, I had to carry my rough guide books with me around the world. Can you imagine the weight of those as well as everything else? To do. To no. Um, this is for me. People, this is how people travelled. And I, when I first arrived, because I again I joined a small group tour. It was for eight days because I thought, there's, I don't know Spanish. There's no way I'm going to logist like transports complicated. Everything, everything's complicated. Um, so I joined a small group tour, but I arrived early, so I had a few days. So when I first arrived, of course I got oh no map. <laughs> So there was a sign in old Havana, like a big painted sign, and it was a map of the old city. So I had to take a photo of that, and that was my map for the next three days. Um, and But it's great because, again, it gets you outside your comfort zone, and it, you have to rely on different senses and different ways of doing things. You know, again, you know, years ago, this is how everyone traveled. We didn't have technology, but everyone traveled fine. Um, it's just we've got so reliant on it. Um, and I think, too, not having having to think more about all being organised because there's not just a 7-Eleven or a convenience store mm-hmm. around the corner. You know, even getting, like, bottled water, it's complicated. So you've got to be a lot more pre-organised. Um, but it was, incre- again, super, super safe very mm. safe the culture is incredible if you they dance like phenomenally you know and I tried cigars and I don't smoke and I tried rum and I don't drink rum and it was amazing and just the people are incredibly resilient like and it is how you see in the photos you know a lot of places you see and you see them in Instagram or whatever and you think and then you go there and you're slightly disappointed the, all the old cars and the falling down buildings and the amazing architecture, that is how it is. And it's quite amazing. They have preserved like Ernest Hemingway's house. So he, he lived there for quite yes. a long time and with his boat. So, and he gifted it to the Cuban government or Fidel, Fidel Castro at the time. Yeah. Um, so they've preserved it. And I mean, there's a Picasso on the wall. And it's just how we left it. And it's uh, it's incredible. And it is like stepping back in time. And I love architecture and history. So I found all that quite quite amazing as well. Oh, well, I haven't had a chance to even open the book yet. But I know I've just always been drawn to Cuba. So I know that that's, you know, I will go there eventually. And you just made me realise how much I want to go because it sounds, sounds just fascinating, you know, and colourful and full of yeah. life. And again, yeah. conversations, like I was very lucky to team up. There were three ladies um, actually from the US. They were school teachers, but one of them was fluent in Spanish. So she um, would, you know, talk to locals. And because she could speak Spanish, they opened up a lot more. And we got into all sorts of places, <laughs> you know, no one else was getting until it was fabulous. Sounds wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Um, love that. Obviously, I'm going to be reading my book after this. Um, so what about New York? 
So that was another yeah. place. So it's not a country, it was a city. So I, yeah. um, I again, I had met a travel buddy. We're, we're best, best, best friends for many years now. I actually met her in Turkey. And um, from the following years, every year we'd meet up with each other. So she lives in the States. So she came to New Zealand and we've met in Italy. And, and then I went to the US to see her. And she just lives about uh, in Connecticut. So it's about an hour and a half out of New York City, but she's a New Yorker. But um, So we'd stayed in New York City and everything, but I ended up going back in for a day because I hadn't gone to the Statue of Liberty. And you can't go to New York without going to the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> and it was just after the biggest snowstorm that had hit the East Coast in 10 years and all, all this sort of stuff. But what I found with New York City, I felt... Um, so I, I took myself there on the train and then I hopped on the subway and took myself uptown or downtown. I can't remember which one it was. But I didn't feel out of my depth. I think mm. because I'd watched so many TV shows that had that when you know, and because it, it, it's a grid system, the streets and mm. everything, I felt very quite comfortable there, which is a really weird, weird thing. And, um, and the food was amazing. There's like every sort of food you can think of um but I found yeah weirdly quite um easy to navigate and I I really and I I remember walking I just come out of the Grand Central Station and it started snowing and I was like got all romantic I'm like oh my god I'm in New York City and it's snowing and I'm walking around getting quite wet because I'm not also not used to snow and um, and then I realised the snow's turning to ick sludge and I'm actually getting quite wet. No one else is really doing what I'm doing. But in that split, you know, a few couple of minutes, it was a quite romantic, you know, scenario. It's the experience though, isn't it? Like you say, you're not yeah. used to snow. So, yeah, you just wanted to experience it. And then you experience yeah. the ick part of it that we all know as well. <laughs> so sometimes it's the very small things that, you know, I take great pleasure in when I'm travelling. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And um, I felt the same in New York as well. You know, I went there on my own and then I went back about five or six years later with um, a group of friends. There were four of us that went and we stayed in the uh, old New Yorker hotel, which oh, was wow. amazing. Yeah. It's just like the Art Deco, wasn't it? And um, yeah, it was fantastic. We, yeah, we just loved it. But it's so easy, isn't it? You've got the grid system. And in my rough guide, you know, the grid system is all there. So it was, and it's just so easy to find everything. Yeah. But I, I was like you, yeah, I felt, I felt, you know, when I was on my own, I, I felt fine. Yeah, I didn't feel, um, you know, anything out of place or, or anything like that. It was just, yeah, it was just easy to um, find my way around. Um, and Grand Central Station. I mean, it's what a building that is, isn't it? Mm. You know, it's, um, yeah, I just went there to have a look, really. <laughs> Didn't necessarily get on the train, yeah. but, um, but yeah, it was, um, it is a great, a great city to visit. Okay, so we've talked a bit now about your travels and, you know, where you've been and what surprised you. We've also talked a little bit about um, safety, you know, and how you felt safe. Um, are there any tips? Um, or practicalities that you could pass on to women who are thinking of going solo traveling, um, you know, that they could learn from, that they could take on board? Yeah, I think because I, you know, I'm 52 now. So traveling, I think a lot of women think they can't do it when they're older. 
that mm. um, there's certain restrictions and, you know, society sort of puts us in a bit of a box and forget mm. all about that, <laughs> you know, and, and also too, um, and it's not for everyone, but, you know, I do stay when I'm traveling by myself and a lot in hostels. Now, a lot of hostels have private rooms, but what it does is it very much connects you with people. When I've stayed in hotels and I've, you know, and I might book myself a really nice hotel for a night, I don't talk to anyone because there's no one to talk to. By staying in, in hostels, and again, if you feel comfortable, book a private room. Yes. But there's a community there and you end up, they have activities like free walking tours or um, excursions to different places. And you'll find in a lot of these hostels now, there are older travellers. So there are, and people don't worry about your age. Don't get hung up on your age when you're travelling. Some of my best friends when I was travelling are in their 20s. They didn't care because you're bonding on a certain level. Age doesn't come into it. So the first thing I would say is you don't let society's um, restrictions about your age and they stop you from thinking you can go and solo travel is probably one of my top tips or yeah. something I'd really love to encourage. Trusting your gut and your instinct mm -hmm. doesn't matter where you are at home or abroad. Mm -hmm. Again, that's going to... Um, take you a long way you know you, you'll know when you're in a dodgy situation or and and to be honest and I do I'm sure a lot of other travelers have had the same thing you know you say to your friends oh, I'm going here I'm going there and they go oh god aren't you scared or you know isn't that dangerous to be honest I, I would feel more dangerous walking around one of the cities here in New Zealand than half the places I've traveled to over yeah. you know overseas you know Egypt and Jordan's a great example I felt way safer yeah. at night in those countries than I would in my own capital city yeah. here. Um, no, I, so I yeah. think the safety Great. aspect is something that um, holds a lot of women back. Um, but you'll, and you'll find it a lot safer. And it just comes down to common sense. You know, obviously don't put yourself, you know, don't walk down alleyways in the middle of the night. But you wouldn't do that at home. No, so, exactly. Okay. And it's... Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's about just research as well, isn't it? Make sure yeah. you've got the internet now. Everything's up at your fingertips. You can look up any place in the world, and you can find out um, information um, yeah, about and, it. And that's cultural um, respect, you know, different customs yes. and things. You know what? You know, obviously, if you're going to a Muslim country, there's certain things you need to do. Leave your um, judgments of whether it's right or wrong at home because you are going to a different destination and that's that is how they operate we don't always agree with some of these things but we have to be respectful um one big tip is um don't expect don't have expectations you know travel without expectations because if you build yourself up to um, i'm going to see this and this is going to be amazing and i'm going to do this and then something goes wrong and then you feel really low because you haven't done it to your expectations. If you travel with no expectations, you'll have such a better experience. Yeah. And expect the unexpected yes. because that happens. That happens um, it's pyramids a Pyramids of cheese um, tagline in, in Bali. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, that's um, that's really 
that's really um, useful information. I was going to come back and say something about the first thing you mentioned, but I can't remember what it was now. My memory's not great and I didn't write it down. So <laughs> okay. I'll probably remember as soon as you we stop this conversation. Um, no, so that's lovely. Thank you for that. But what I want to touch on now is obviously through your travels, you now have um, your own business. So tell us about that. Because I mean, you know, all these retreats that you do, I mean, I want to come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been very, very lucky. And like I said, you know, right at the intro, um, my passion for travel and wanting to share similar experiences, is, you know, led me to build my my business, which, you know, it, we had the pandemic, so it sort of, you know, took one step back in a way, but then I was able to explore local retreats here in New Zealand, which was amazing because then that uh, I was able to build quite a neat clientele here in New Zealand, which have then come on to um, other trips. And, you know, back in Bali this year, we've done two already, and I'm actually off this time next month. I'll be back in Bali doing another one. So it's been great. Um getting back and supporting because it was it's also you know my ethos is very much about giving back to local communities so this is a it's been another tool f to facilitate that um and it's been really I have to pinch myself I don't sometimes I forget the transformations the ladies have um and like my experiences I'm, I'm not a wellness coach I don't you know I'm not a yoga teacher and it's not all about detoxing or getting up at 7am every morning so mine are all about tasters of different experiences so you can come along and so in Bali for example you know go e-biking or make jewelry or try yoga or, or go pyramids of chi in a sound bath or cooking so there's lots of different things and what's happened is um even the ones here women have tried something they haven't previously or didn't feel comfortable previously trying and then they've gone actually I'm really good at that or I really like that so they've gone away now with a new interest and a new skill um, and it's been very simple moments like I had a lady we'd gone e-biking when we stop on the rice terraces and they go on a barley swing and she just turned to me and she had tears in her eyes and she just said thank you and, you know, and it gave me a hug. She said, I didn't realize how much I needed this. And I oh, think wonderful. those special moments, you know, have have really, there is such a need because as women, we wear so many hats. Like we have our day job. Quite often we've got a side hustle. There's either kids or, you know, even like myself, I had my elderly mother I had to look mm -hmm. after. So there's always these other responsibilities going on. So when women give themselves space just for themselves, sometimes it's very fleeting and very rare, um, they are able to actually stop and realise how much they actually just needed that time out. And that's been really, really special. Exactly. It's a release, isn't it? You know, and that goes 100%. the same for, you know, any women who are, um, they may not necessarily be solo travellers, but they may need a release from their job if they've got high-powered jobs you know, um, positions in whatever world they're in, um, they need a release as well, you know, from the from the day to day and to do something totally different. And like you just said, you know, I mean, I've only done a sound bath once and that was quite a while ago. But to be able to do one in Bali 
Oh my God, you know, I mean, that's, that's pretty, that's something else, isn't it? You know, you're yeah. literally out of, for me, you know, out of my, um, my usual environment and taken somewhere else, you know, some, somewhere that's so beautiful that you can actually, and to relax and literally go with it. And like you say, all these different activities that you can do or you don't have to do, you know, um, is, exactly. it is amazing, isn't it? To be able to have just to have those opportunities at your fingertips while you're away and what I have noticed too and it and it takes some women a few days to wind down they're so busy looking after or always looking after other people Mm -hmm. it's very rare they get looked after yes so it takes a few days for them to realize that I'm looking after them yes (laughs) I'm camp mother and they can you know take a back seat um and and even myself I've struggled with that you know letting go of control Mm, um and that's a lesson in itself yeah no I I would definitely agree because I think you know if you just think about going on holiday you know just going on a holiday um it takes a couple of days for you to kind of come down off the you know I'll come out of the hamster wheel you know (laughs) to really enjoy what's what's going on I always find that if I go for seven days somewhere it's not long enough 10 days is just right because you've got that you've got that couple of days to come come off the hamster wheel um and then you can enjoy it but how long are your retreats for Gina you know what length of time are they yeah so the the barley ones are seven days uh seven nights and eight days the local ones in here in New Zealand are uh, two nights, three days, because um, that's the other thing I found, you know, some women can't take a lot of time away. So the yes. local ones here, it's just like a long weekend. And then the Bali, uh, sorry, the Cuba one is eight days. So um, they're, they're just long enough because you're going to be with people you don't know. Mm. And group dynamics is always very interesting so I like to keep the groups very small and I found you know seven seven nights is enough for the group mm. to have fun bond but then it's normally time and I've, I've felt this as a traveler myself it's time to move on and either have your own space and um, do your own thing or it, it's just the right time I think yeah so I was going to say, and with that, you know, either side, like you said, you'd gone there a couple of days before and you can stay a couple of days after. So if you want that time then to go off and do, I mean, I think that I need to do your Cuba retreat, I think. <laughs> I could stay with you and then go off and do my own thing. And um, that sounds, that sounds, um, sounds amazing. I love that. And you say you've helped over 123 women now as well. I know, I with, had to count them and I was like, business. wow, that's pretty cool. I know that's amazing I mean well done um and you still stay in touch with those people yeah we've got a really good you know I've had ladies we I always start um a group chat but before a a trip because it's just a great way to break the ice for everyone to get to know each other so you don't feel like total strangers um it gives me an opportunity to get to know you and your needs and how you know everyone interacts with each other and everybody stays in touch and a lot of them have you know um caught up afterwards and mm-hmm. I, I stay in touch with a lot of them and it's great it's a yeah it's a really neat community and then sometimes we have just meetups you know if we're mm-hmm. in the same areas and can catch up mm-hmm. yeah I love that that's the community I love the community aspect yeah. um of that 
Um, and that's what, you know, that's what I aim to do with my podcast and, you know, just get a little community going so that we've got everybody in there who just wants to chat to each other, you know, because that the, then they'll know that they've got, if somebody's coming in new who um, who hasn't traveled before, but would really like to, then it, it'd be a great, um, a great uh, group to ask those questions. Yeah, you know, exactly. I want to do this, I yeah. want to do that. And yeah, so um, I love the community aspects of, of of, of travel okay um well do you know what we've been almost an hour now oh, talking <laughs> which I can't believe <laughs> and I could talk for another hour <laughs> but I think you know um it's been great absolutely brilliant talking to you um thank you so much thank you for- your time today and I really do feel like I need to grab my newly renewed passport because I've just literally um had I'm to sure renew you've it. got a current valid passport with six months on it before you do anything <laughs> absolutely yes thank you for that because mine is um due in January so I had to do something about it pretty quick so um so I've got mine it's renewed I've got it now in my hands so it's here um but thank you Gina you know travel coach travel host facilitator and like I said making me want to grab my passport and join her on one of her um retreats so again thank you it's been great speaking to you and honestly now I look forward to um hearing more about your adventures um, in the future. Now, all the information and links from today's podcast about Gina will be put into the show notes. So you'll be able to access um, any information you need um, from her. So that's all for today's episode of Wanderlust Diaries. We hope you found it informative and helpful. If you have any questions, feedback, or would like to be a guest, please feel free to reach out Um to us on our website or social media channels and all details will be in the show notes and remember age should never deter your pursuit of adventure and the world is waiting for you to explore its wonders this podcast can be found on all podcast platforms please subscribe and review see you next time on wanderlust diaries thank you And that concludes this episode of Wanderlust Diaries, celebrating the fearless spirit of solo female travellers who are 40 and beyond. I hope you found inspiration, valuable insights and a renewed sense of Wanderlust. Thank you to all our incredible listeners who have joined us on this exciting journey. Remember, age should never stop your quest for adventure because the world is waiting for you to explore its wonders. And don't forget to join our community on social media to connect with fellow travellers and subscribe and review us on your favourite podcast platform. All links are in the show notes. Keep dreaming, keep exploring and stay fearless. Until next time, this is Terry Reynolds signing off from Wanderlust Diaries. Psst, don't keep me a secret. Please tell your friends and fellow travellers.